0: It's good to be in God's house. It's Palm Sunday as we are in the season of celebrating the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross of Calvary, how he changed our life because of his sacrifice. And here at People's Church, we don't just believe that Jesus changes our life, but we believe in getting outside the four walls of the church and making a difference in our city, in our nation, in our world for the cause of Christ. And we've been doing that here at People's Church throughout the month of March and over spring break, we had a team that went to New York City to Teen Challenge. They're a place where people are recovering from addictions and our team went there and ministered to them during the week of spring break and God used that team in a wonderful way. And then many of you were in church a couple of weeks ago when we talked to you about this vehicle we're approaching for purchasing for the nation, a country of Haiti. And through Convoy of Hope, this ministry we're partnering with, uh, they're there and boots on the ground. And they want to be able to get to the villages and places and need a vehicle to be able to get there to provide supplies and food and clothing and share of the gospel and we responded beautifully. Uh, that vehicle cost around $35,000. And we, we gave in one Sunday, we gave about $15,000 for that vehicle. And we're going we're to give the rest of it too, aren't we, church? Amen. I'm excited about that. I'm excited. We have a heart to get outside the four walls of our church and make a difference. We think beyond these four walls. And yesterday, we went to Hilldale Elementary School in Northwest Oklahoma City. And I want to thank there were over 150 of our church people there and i want to thank you for coming out to Hildell yesterday and we beautified that campus we painted walls we we went in landscape pulled up weeds i mean we we worked tremendously in a tremendous way in that campus and that was about 600 man hours worth of work that we did in our community at Hilldale Elementary School. And our goal at People's Church, we had asked all of our dream builders, all of you that are committed to the church with time, talent, and treasure, we wanted you to give 10 hours in the community this year. And you are doing it. We had, I had one man tell me, he's over at the Northwest Campus. He told me, Pastor, this month, actually this week, I will exceed the 10-hour goal that we have to minister in our community, to make a difference outside the four walls of our church. That pumped me up. I'm like, it's the first quarter of the year, and you're already there at the 10 hours of making a difference in our city. And yesterday, as a church family, we invested about $10,000 of labor and supplies at that school, and the principal was there. He was smiling. He was excited that we are at his school making a difference for children, for educators, for Teachers, thank you so much for your heart to get outside the walls and to make a difference. And my kids, they had a blast yesterday. The only thing they wanted was to get more paint on them, but that was not the objective to get the paint on you. Is to get on the paint on the walls. But they had a great time. And and then yesterday, because I'm getting my 10 hours in as well and making a difference outside the four walls of the church. And so yesterday, after working there at the school, got cleaned up, study, and I met some of our church people at. Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility. And it was a great ministry team. And we have a family, a couple out of our church, that go there four or five times a month and minister there at Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility. It's the largest correctional facility for women in our state, it's one of the largest in our nation. Almost 1,300 women at this correctional facility. Let me show you a picture of Norman and Barbara. They're a great couple. They've been doing prison ministry for over 20 years. They've been doing prison ministry in the state of Oklahoma for over 15 years. They're wonderful members and dream builders of People's Church, and I went there and partnered with them and several, uh, some other folks from our church, and just we went there, and I'm telling you what, we had church. I mean church. Man, we worship, they stood, hands lifted, tears crying. I got to preaching. Oh, my God. They pulled preach out of me like never before. I was preaching. They were standing up and shouting and pointing at me, and amen. And boy, we had church, and then around 14, 15 ladies of those 400 or so ladies together in that room gave their life to Jesus Christ, amen. The barbers go there on a regular basis, and they baptize those ladies in water once a quarter, so we're baptizing them in water. Fifty-three of those ladies consider People's Church their home church. This is their home church. They call me pastor. Pastor, I've been waiting to meet my pastor. I've been waiting to meet my pastor. Come on. We're going to start going to the prisons more often. We're going to put more resources, people resources to go and make a difference. That's the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. Can we just put our hands together for Jesus, for this church, for you, with your heart, heart to get outside the four walls and make a difference I'm excited I'm excited it leads me right into this message today called the human right the human right every name matters to God every name and I know from personal experience that not getting picked is a horrible feeling some of you have been there before where you did not get picked you did not get chosen, Chosen. maybe you didn't get picked for the sports team and they looked over you and you didn't make the sports team or you didn't get picked for the college or university that you wanted to attend and they didn't select you. Or maybe it was the prom date and the person you wanted to go to the prom with did not select you, they did not pick you. Or maybe it was the job that you applied for that you did not get, they did not pick you. Or perhaps it was the promotion you put in for, they did not pick you, they did not select You And I remember being in college and I asked this one particular lady out to go out with me uh, when I was in college and she told me, no, hurt my feelings. Uh, If I see her today, I'll tell her, you missed out on a good catch, girl. You missed out on a good catch. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But she told her brother, no, I'm not going out with you. And she picked somebody else to go out with. And if you have ever been left out, if you've ever been looked over, if you have you ever been in a situation where you did not get picked, it's a horrible feeling. And thankfully, this is not how God operates. You see to God every person matters. He wants every person to make his team. God does not want anyone left out of heaven. Every person matters to God. Matter of fact, it matters so much to God. This is so important to God that God sent his one and only son to die on the cross of Calvary because he loves the entire world. He sent his son to die for us and he rose again that we could have a relationship with him and that everybody can make his team and everybody can spend eternity in his presence he doesn't want anyone left out the scripture says it like this in second peter chapter three and verse number nine the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish think about that person that's difficult that you think they're too far gone I want you to know God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone. Come on, would everybody say this word with me? All of our locations, everybody say the word everyone. I want that to get in your heart. God wants everyone to come to repentance. Every person, every name matters to God. Listen, just Jesus doesn't want anyone not to make his team. He doesn't want anyone to spend eternity separated from him. So what Jesus did to ensure that the world could be reached is when Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again on the third day, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. What Jesus did was he sent back the Holy Spirit to live inside of Christians. And in Acts chapter 1, the Scripture says that he sent back the Holy Spirit to give us power to be witnesses. God wants to use you. He wants to use me to reach our neighborhoods, to reach our schools, to reach our workplaces, to reach our community. For the cause of Jesus Christ, we are his answer. We are his hands and feet. And what I want to do today is I want to share a story with you from the scriptures where Jesus teaches and he models for us how to minister to people and how to reach people. The story is found in Luke chapter 19. If you have a Bible or a smartphone and an app on your Bible, a Bible app, you can follow along with me or the scriptures will be on the screen as well in Luke 19, beginning in verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He was viewed as, a, as the worst of sinners. This man, he cheated people on their taxes. He was ruthless. He was heartless. And verse 3 goes on to say, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was, he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, and I want to teach from verse 5 today. Notice this. When he came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And I want to just share with you today three ways God wants to use us to reach people. The first is this. We must reach the people around us. Reach the people around us. In verse 5, it says, when Jesus went by, he looked up. He looked up and saw Zacchaeus. Jesus focused on reaching the people right around him. He was on his way somewhere, but he looked up and there's somebody right around me that I need to minister to. Jesus wasn't just concerned about reaching people 20,000 miles away. He wasn't just concerned about reaching people in in Africa or Indonesia or in China or Japan or in England or New Zealand, but Jesus was also concerned about reaching the people right around him. He looked up, Zacchaeus, and there are people right around you that God wants to use you to minister to. He wants to use you to reach for the cause of Christ. In our generation, over the last 60 years, the most famous, well-known preacher in our generation is a man named Billy Graham in America. According to Wikipedia, More than 3.2 million people have responded to the invitation at a Billy Graham crusade to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. As of 2008, Billy Graham's estimated lifetime audience, including radio and television broadcast, topped 2.2 billion people. Not million, he has influenced billions, 2.2 billion people. God has used Billy Graham in a tremendous way. I have a question. At all of our locations, would everybody please participate? I'm just, I'm curious about this. Would you participate by just by raising your hand? How many of you gave your life to Christ at a Billy Graham crusade or by listening to a Billy Graham program on the tel- on, on, on radio or by watching a Billy Graham Crusade on TV. How many of you came to Christ through Billy Graham's ministry? Just would you raise your hand around the building if you came to Christ through Billy Graham? We've got wonderful. We've got two folks here, and, and all the services I've preached over at Northwest, I've preached today. I've preached a couple services here already. We've, we've, it's about five people total that came to Christ through Billy Graham's ministry. We've got a powerful ministry. I have a second question for you. Would everybody participate at all the locations? How many of you gave your life to Christ because a friend or a family member influenced you to follow Jesus? Would you raise your hand? A friend or a family member? Come on, look, look, just raise your hand. Would you just look around? All campus? Would you look around? Here's what I want you to understand. God used Billy Graham in a powerful way. God uses people called into full-time ministry, men and women of God called, in a powerful way. But the number one way people come to know Jesus Christ is not through some powerful public ministry, packing out stadiums. The number one way people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is because a friend or a family member introduced them to Jesus Christ. That's the number one way. And that's why you and I have to look up. Look around us. Because God wants to use us to reach those around us. See, Zacchaeus, his entire household was saved because Zacchaeus brought Jesus home. We we, we read in verse 5 where Jesus said to Zacchaeus, I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus brought Jesus home. And I want you to see what happened when he brought Jesus home in Luke 19 and verse 9. It says, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Zacchaeus took Jesus home and his entire home was saved because he brought Jesus home. I want to encourage you. Would you take Jesus home? Would you take Jesus to your workplace? Those right around you? Would you take Jesus to your school? When you're at your kids' ball games, would you take Jesus to the ball game? Would you take Jesus to your neighborhood? He brought just those right around. He took Jesus home and he influenced those around him and his whole house was saved. Look up, Zacchaeus, you're right around me. And God's called me to minister to those right around me. Number two is this. A second way God wants to use us to reach people. And number two is this. We need to know people's name and story, their name and story. Luke chapter 19 and verse 5 says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. He looked up and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Jesus called him by his name. The savior of the world called him by name. And not only did he call him by name, But Jesus wanted to know his story. And he said, I must go to your home today. I want to go to your home. I want a fellowship. I want to meet your family. I want to hear about your life. Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus was busy. He had a powerful ministry. He was popular. He was feeding 5,000 people, not counting women and children. I mean, up to 15,000 people. He was ministering to at a time. Jesus was busy. But he took time to go to one man's house, to know his name, to hear his story. Jesus models for us that the most effective ministries happens by taking time to know people's names and to know their their stories. The most effective ministry happens in the context of relationships. I just wanna give you some application because God wants to use us to be witnesses. People's church, here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Would you get to know people's names? Get to know their names at your workplace, your neighborhood, get to know their names. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, Pastor, I've got a horrible memory. I cannot remember people's names. Well, let me just pray over your mind. Lord, help them in Jesus' name to remember. Because it matters. Jesus did not look up in that tree and say, Hey boy! Hey you, hey man, or how Christians do it, hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey brother. He didn't say, hey homie, hey homeboy. That's not what he said. He said, Zacchaeus, I know your name because your name matters. Me knowing your name matters. Me learning your kids' names matter. Let me go to your house. Let me, let me, your, your name matters. Would you take the time? To get to know somebody's name for the sake of ministering to them? There's a second, just a second thing I want to just, a second application. The second thing is, would you get to know their story? Jesus said, I know your name's Zacchaeus. I must go to your home today. Let me just fellowship with you. Ministry best happens in the context of relationships. Would you get to know some folks? At your workplace, would you just really. Take time to say, I know we're busy. We're trying to do our job and make money and do what the boss wants us to do. Or if you're the boss, or got employees. I, mean, I understand all of that. But would you realize you're there to be a witness? So you, what's, your, what's your name? Would you just tell me your story? Just, I, I care. Just tell me, tell me about your life. How'd you get where you are today? And listen to their story. Get to, get to know their story. It, ministry happens best in the context of Relationships. A third third application is this. When they ask you, tell them your story. Most people, when you ask them their story, after they're done, they want to know your story. Now, some people don't have people skills. So they just talk and talk and talk, don't ask you nothing. But most people, most people who have people skills tell you their story and they say, what about you? How about you? And you have to be able to share your story. And there are a lot of stories we all share. We all have different stories. We, we all have a family story. I, we, some of us have a marriage story. I can share my marriage story, how Tiffany and I met. I could tell my parenting story, how we had kids and the kids I have and their names and what they like. I can share my parenting stories. I can share my career stories. I can talk to you about how I got in ministry, how I got my career and what I did. And I can talk to you about my education story. I, I could share with you my sports stories. There, there are a lot of stories we can share when people say, share with me your story. But the most important story that any of us can share is our faith story. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to share your faith story in three minutes or less. Nobody's going to listen to you for 25 minutes. And if you're going to be a witness, you got to learn, Pastor, I can't do that. I'm praying. God still does miracles. Some of you say, well, could you share your story? Well, when I was two, nobody cares about when you were two. You got to share your faith story in three minutes or less. And there are three components to your I just want to help us to, God has called us to be witnesses to reach the people right around us. I want to help you share your faith story in 3 minutes or less. Here's what every faith story has to have. First of all, write this down if you're taking notes. Before Christ. It says before Christ. What was life like before Christ? I can share my faith story in 3 minutes or less. I grew up in a woke Oklahoma. I was abused. I grew up in a broken home. I was chasing the girls. I was living wild. I was pumping my mind full of junk. I was bitter. I was angry. I was hostile. And I was on a bad path. The person you see today, I'm telling you, that wasn't the person back then. I was was wild. And there was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting at a football locker room. And the people, they were right around me, invited me. Some of the football players, my coach invited me. I didn't want to go to that Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting. And they told me they were going to be serving free pizza. <laughs> and Coop will go anywhere for some free pizza. And so I went to that football locker room. You see, that's, that's my before. And then you talk about how you met Christ. It's the, it's the before part of your story. Then it's meeting Christ. And so I, just, I just, I'm just, you don't know what I'm doing. I'm just telling you my story. And it's my faith story. In that football locker room, I sat on a locker after I ate that pizza. Todd Thompson, the former kicker for the OU Sooners. He talked about Jesus, the Son of God, who died on the cross for my sins. I didn't care about Jesus. But I'm telling you that night, I met Jesus. I, I just can tell you my part. This is just my story. He changed my life. But God changed everything. And I left that football locker room. I threw away my tapes. I, threw, I changed the way I lived. I, I just began to live. I began to read my Bible. And now, now what you do, you. you, you I met Christ. Then the third part of your story is after Christ. Just after. What happened after? I started living for Jesus. I started praying and reading my Bible. My, my lifestyle changed. My desires changed. And you see, the person you see today, I'm telling you, it all started in the football locker room by meeting Jesus. And that's, why I'm, that's, that's kind of my story. That's, why, that's where I'm at today. It's being Jesus changed my life. That's kind of my story. It's kind of my journey in a nutshell. It's before Christ. It's how you met Christ. It's after Christ. And you have to be able to share your story because God wants to use you to be a witness for Him. I just want to give you some takeaways real quick. Just just I want to just wrap this point up with just some takeaways. First of all, is this church? I'm asking you, would you commit for the month of April, the month of April, to get to know people's names and stories? I'm asking you right now in your mind, would you make the commitment? Pastor, I'm, I'm in. I mean, I'm gonna get to know people's names and stories. I'm gonna find two or three or four or five people. I get to know their names and stories in the month of April. You say, Pastor, well, what about May? We're not worried about May. we got to get you through April. Let's just get you through April, and we'll talk about May later. But in a- I'm asking you in April, would you find two or three people that say, I'm going to get to know their name, and I'm going to get to know their story so that I can minister to their heart. I'm asking you for a second thing, and would you invite people to church? Most people come to faith in Christ because of those right around them that they know. And I'm asking, would you leverage your influence to invite people to church, to experience the forgiveness and grace of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna to talk to you in a few minutes about how to do that because some of you, you're just like, how do I do that, pastor? We're gonna help you do that. I'm asking would you do a third thing. I want to get this in your mind. I want you, to do, want you to do this third thing as well. Would you commit to helping people grow in their faith? Jesus called it making disciples. Go make disciples. Would you commit to that? In other words, when you invite people to church, don't make it in there. So you invited somebody, they don't go to church, they don't really live for Jesus, this whole, this whole thing's new to them, and, and, and they come. Would you, would you meet, say, hey, what service are you coming to? I'd love to, I'd love to be there with you. I'd love to, love to help you check your kids in. I'd love to sit with you and, and say, you know, and they give their life to Christ next week and say, hey, hey, we're having baptisms, and you heard us talk about baptisms, man. I want you to get baptized. It's your next step. You can read a scripture in Matthew, or find a scripture on baptism and read it to him and say, I'll, I'll be there. with. I'm going to stand by the pool, have your camera ready, celebrate, watch him get baptized and say, listen, listen, would you go to First Step? Maybe you've already been to the class. It's okay. So I've been. It, it, it helped my life. I'll go with you to First Step. Come on. Matter of fact, the donuts are really good anyway. So I'll go with you to First Step and I'll sit with you. I'll go to the class with you. I'm just saying, help people grow spiritually. Hey, I want to encourage you. My wife and I both shot, recorded six sessions professionally done by our incredible video team that does all of our video work. We, we sat down and we shot six different sessions for, this, for the series Finish Strong. I'm pumped about this series Finish Strong. We're going to help people finish strong in their life, help people finish strong in their marriage. How do you finish strong raising kids? How do you finish strong financially? How do you finish strong in your career? How do you finish strong in your faith? We want to just help people finish strong. And we sought six sessions. Here's what we did. We packaged it nicely. We got community group questions supplied. We do the teaching. And I want to encourage you to gather some friends and do this curriculum. We'll have it for you next week at the Finish Strong table. I'm asking, would you take this card? Because some of your hearts are stirred, and you realize, man, I want to make disciples. And say, I'm going to commit to get some of my friends together. Come on, like Jesus, would you say, I must go to your home. You must come to my home. We must go to Starbucks together. We must go to Mickey D's and eat those healthy fries and hamburgers together. Just gather some of your friends and family. Get the Finish Strong curriculum. It's absolutely free to you. Package nice, nice DVD. Me teaching, my wife teaching. It's packaged nice for your friends and family. And gather some friends and family. Drop this card. Fill this card out. Drop it off at at, 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 at the table, the Finish Strong table in the lobby. Because we want God to use you to help people grow spiritually. Number three is this, number three, how do we reach people for Jesus? Number three is we need to reach one person at a time, one person at a time. We serve a Savior who wasn't just concerned about reaching the world. He was also concerned about reaching the one. Yes, he died on the cross for the world but he was, had a heart and a concern for the one, Zacchaeus. Yes, yes, he wanted everybody. He cared about the numbers. He cared about the masses coming to know him as their Lord and Savior. So he died on the cross for everybody. But he was concerned about the one. Yes, the numbers, but also the one. Yes, the world, but also the one. You're in that tree, Zacchaeus. Yes, I can care about the world. That's why I came to die for the world, but I care about the one. I care about the numbers. I care about the one. It's the heart of our Heavenly Father. And here's what some people say. Some people say, "Yeah, those big churches, they're just all about the numbers. Big churches. Yeah, I like those big churches. Ah, I don't go to those big churches. They just care about the numbers. And I want to make a confession to you today. We do care about the numbers, deeply care about the numbers. Because we care about the number of broken lives that Jesus will put back together again. We care about the number of marriages that Jesus heals and he restores. We care about the number of people that are addicted and they're set free by the power of Jesus Christ. We care about little boys, little girls, teenagers saying, I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. I'm going to follow a risen Savior and live for him with all of my heart, all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. We care about people. People that are dying and going to spend eternity in a place called hell. And we care about reaching as many people as possible and seeing them not go to hell, but seeing them spend eternity in heaven. We care about the numbers because behind every number is a name. Behind every name is a person. Behind every person is a story. And God cares about every story. He cares about every story. He cares about every person. He cares about every name. We got to care. God didn't save us to be us for and no more. We're going to keep y'all out. Don't come in our church. No. He saved us, gave us the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. In the heartbeat of our Heavenly Father, I read it to you in the first scripture. In 2 Peter, he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. And the way we reach our world The way we reach our city is one person at a time. Zacchaeus, one person at a time. Statistics say this. You ought to Google this when you get home. It's pretty interesting. Statistics say 82% of people, 82% of unchurched people are somewhat likely to come to church if someone just asks them. 82%, 82%, just the people right around them would ask them. And I asked our team last minute on Wednesday, I said, hey guys, here's what I want to do. Cause I feel, I got a stirring in my heart. I know where I'm going, I know what I'm preaching. Would you get these cards printed? Thank God for a great team. They made it happen for every campus and got these Easter cards printed up. Here's what I want you to do. When you leave out the building today, the ushers will be at the door. I'm asking you to get a card. Some of you are going to get two or three or 10 cards. And I want you to invite people. I want to tell you how, because some of you are like, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. And then some of you think you know how, but you're weird. So I want to help you today. (laughs) I want to help you. I want to help you be a witness. Again, I know how some of you are. Oh, I'm ready, Pastor. I got me three cards, three of them. I'm ready. Oh, come here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it is good to talk to you today. Glory to God. Hallelujah on high. He's a risen Savior. He died and he rose again. And I got three cards, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. In the name of I rebuke the devil off of you. Would you come to church with me? No, they're not coming. You're weird. We love you. We love all people at People's Church, but you're weird. That's okay to be weird. We love you. (laughs) But God wants to use you to be a witness. Just sit down and hear somebody's story. Just listen to them for a few minutes and just pull out a card and say, man, I'd love for you to come to church with me, Sunday. If you don't have a church home, would you come with me? Man, I love my church. God's really done a lot of stuff in my life. Or maybe you don't have time to hear a story because you just want to invite several people. Do you know, just say, hey, it's Easter, and if you don't have a place to worship, I would love for you to come with me to my church. And I say, here's a card with all the information on it. And then you know when people are like, they're really receptive. They're like, yeah, I, I might do that. Don't, don't let that moment pass you by. Like, hey, so, hey, I would love to meet you because I know it could be awkward. Your first time to a church, you don't know, you don't know where to park. You don't, I would love to meet you. And I'll meet you at this door tell them the door and I'll meet you there. I'll help get your kids checked in. I'll sit with you. I just love for you to be my guest and invite them to church, hand them a card. Sometimes you hand people a card. I've done that before, handing people a card. I didn't think they were receptive and they ended up coming to church because you can't always tell by somebody's countenance what they're going to do, what God's doing in their life. And your job is not to save them. Your job is to plant the seed, to invite them. God wants to reach our world. And he's going to do it one person at a time through his witnesses, you and me. And we're in a ripe season called Easter. And 82% are somewhat likely to come. And all I'm telling you is every name matters. And God wants to use us. It's the human right that everyone would know Jesus.